Hey, we're glad you're with us here online, Summer at Freeway Church. Uh, welcome to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, we're always available via text or contact us uh, right online. You can find all the information here. So uh, glad you're with us and enjoy so the message. Thankful. Um, today we're continuing our sermon from last week called Inner Strength. Someone say Inner Strength. Yeah, I appreciate Bobby. I can always hear you out of everyone else. Uh, it's because of your enunciation. And maybe it's Ian. I don't know. Um, the question today is, how do you recharge? How do you recharge? Because if last week the question is, why am I so tired all the time? The question today is, well, how do you recharge? Uh, do you remember when the pandemic broke out and we're all like, we get to stay home all the time? Wow, look, we're going we're to be so recharged, right? We're like, we're going to get all this stuff done. And then like, like reality struck, right? You remember? I went to a men's event early on in the pandemic, uh, back when we're all figuring out what Zoom is and their stock price. Sword, you remember? And uh, we were, they were like, at the church I was at, they were like, we're going to have a men's breakfast. And I'm like, we're going to have a men's breakfast on Zoom? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. And so they're like, will you speak? And so I was invited to speak at a men's breakfast on Zoom. And so uh, I'm excited. I'm going to go. I got ready. I ate all this food because, you know, it's breakfast. And so we get on Zoom, and I'm expecting, you know, 100 people. And there's like five, maybe seven like of the older guys in the church, the wiser ones, right? They don't really know how to work Zoom yet because it's early on in the pandemic. So there's a lot of like lazy boy shots of nostrils, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so there I am and I'm telling them about men's I'm like, did you guys have a good breakfast? And they're like, no, we haven't eaten yet. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a train wreck. And so they asked me, they're like, Roy, let's get to know you a little better. What are you struggling with right now? And I told them, I said, I'm struggling with rest. Because this is a true thing. I was struggling with rest. I still, I feel, probably still am struggling with rest. It's kind of my go-to answer because for most of my life, how do you really recharge? And so I explained it to them. Well, I'm struggling to actually rest, not just watch movies or Netflix or whatever. Like, actually rest. And they're all staring at me, you know, on the Zoom stare. And like, are you, are you guys there? Can you hear me? And they're like, that's what you're struggling with, rest? And they're like, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's real. And, and I had this, like, disconnection from all the other guys who it seems to them, it seems like, well, this is a simple thing, Roy. Just, just like sit down on your lazy boy. It's not complicated. And to me, it was like, I can't figure this out, right? And so I remember just struggling with this idea of rest. And I wanted to bring it to you today because if we're asking the question, how do you recharge? Well, rest seems to be the answer, right? Of learning how to recharge. This summer will be one of the most traveled summers for a long time. And a lot of people are going on vacation. But as, as, as Americans, when we go on vacation, we come back, we need another vacation. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because we don't actually rest. We need our vacations from our vacations. How, why, why can't we figure that out? That's a complicated thing in our culture. And we're going to talk about that today. My name is Roy. I get to be the lead pastor here at Freeway Church. Thank you so much for being a part and, and joining us today, whether online or in person. We're glad you're here. We're trusting God to lead us as a church. I'm not the king of this place. 
Jesus is. And so I trust that Jesus continues to lead our place and our church and our community as we go through. We're talking about inner strength today. A lot of the sermon comes from John Eldridge and John Mark Comer. They were kind of the inspirations today because, uh, man, when I heard some of the things, and I'm going to do this illustration from, from John Eldridge in a little bit, but it was just inspiring to me and we just had to talk about it. I feel like I had to talk about it because we're building this premise that before the pandemic, we were already running on E. And then the pandemic hit, and we were excited we were going to rest. Maybe there was a week of, oh, I get, to, I get to make a home office. But then after that, it was like more depletion, right? And it got to the point where I think that over the course of two years, things might have happened, choices might have been made that are actually causing us still to be uh, misfiring and, and in this kind of uh, low, almost like if we're a battery and we're 100%, we're down to like 3%, you know what I'm saying? I love my phone battery. It's, it's, it tells me how much percentage is left, right? Like, and I, and I appreciate that. Because if I just charge, I'm at 100. But if it's like I'm running down like to 20%, it goes on battery saving mode. The little icon turns red. And then the phone's like doesn't work the way it should, right? It does different things. It's trying to conserve energy. <laughs> it's like a living thing. I don't talk about it like it's a living thing, but it's not. It just it conserves energy. And I wonder for young people, I, I wanted to, I should have asked you before the sermon because I'm just trying to figure out young people today how far they let their battery percentages go down, right? Like like does it get to does it get to 30% and you start getting heart palpitations, you know, like you're worried that you're gonna lose your battery? I don't know about you guys. But a lot of times we learn closer and closer to keep that battery charged. Charging your phone is simple, right? You just get a phone charger, you plug it into the wall, and it charges. It's, it's quite simple. But charging your life is not as simple as this. As much as it, we wish it would be, being charged up, how do you recharge that's an important question that we have to figure out. If we don't, we're just going to continue to kind of live the way our culture lives, which is run, 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 crash. <laughs> and then, like, try to build yourself up. And then run, 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 crash, right? And that's kind of our culture's way of living. If we don't learn how to recharge, we'll end up living like our culture. And it turns out that that's an important thing that the Bible talks about, too. So let's read scripture today. Um, we're going to read the same verse we read last week, which is Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. And this is a prayer that Paul is praying to the churches in Ephesians. This is a great uh, section of scripture. He's praying it, and it's our prayer too. It says this, Ephesians 3. Um, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. Someone say inner strength. <laughs> through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And, you, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty work and power within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask 
or think. Let's let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your word, and thank you so much that you uh, that you've written it to us uh, through your people. I mean, it's just wonderful that we have this. And Lord, I just uh, ask that your word would continue to become alive in our in our life, and it would cut between bone and marrow, and it would be able to begin to speak to each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we have in scripture here, last week we talked about that first verse, which is inner strength. We talked about the 168 principle, the idea that if you get 168 emotional dollars, one for every hour of the week, you get 168 emotional dollars for a week, how will you spend it? Turns out that some meetings cost more dollars than other meetings, right? If you uh, hate your job, your job costs more emotional dollars than if you don't hate your job, right? Simple things like if you have to have that tough conversation, that costs more emotional dollars. And so learning to manage your dollars throughout the week helps you build a reserve. If you, have, if you spend less than you make, you build savings, right? Same with our emotional capacity. If we spend $160 versus $168, we, uh, yep, that's right. We have saved dollars. We have saved the, in the bank of our emotional capacity. We talked more about it in our weekly podcast. It's online. I actually called, I uh, recorded this conversation I had with um, my mentor, Pastor Kurt, and he's on the podcast. You can listen to him explain this principle of 168. If you haven't seen our podcast yet, it's a summer experiment, and we're doing it just for the summer, and we'll see what the fall holds. But you can search online, Freeway Church, Michigan, podcast, and you'll find it. Um, and so we talked about an emotional capacity last week. And this week, we're talking about the rest of, this, all the rest of these verses. Because Paul's out to, under, uh, to get us to understand something very important, and we need to know. Otherwise, we will continue to just kind of live our life like everybody else. And so um, I, I got this whiteboard here. Uh, we'll see. It's not a whiteboard. It's a poster board from my barn. There's lots of poster boards in my barn. I don't know. So, and we attached it to this. Anyway, um, if our life, if our life is uh, an ocean, or if our life is a giant pot or something like that, it, it, it can, and filled with water, we can determine these different areas of our life. So the top of our life, we'll call it the surface. There we go. See, it's water. It's called the surface, right? The surface. Surface. Okay, there we go. There's our life. There's our surface. This is the ocean. It's gigantic. Here's a boat, okay? Look at that. There's Aaron fishing off the boat, okay? Very nice. This is the surface. This is our life. And at the surface of our life are things like uh, that are floating around in your head all the time. Things like, what did you have for breakfast? Or, I'm hungry right now. Or, this coffee tastes bad. Or, all of these things, right? The email that you just read. Perhaps it's that song from high school that continues to plague you the rest of your life, right? Like for me, it would be like, what did that, that Avril Lavigne. She's in there. She's always singing Skater Boy or something in my head, right? 
What is it? You know, all of these things in your head. This is the chaos, the distractions of life, the internet, the cat videos. All of that stuff is right there. It turns out the internet is actively fragmenting your mind and our culture. And people will look completely different in the next few years. You know, as, as, our, as the studies have shown, is we were quite distracted, more than we ever have been. But that's okay, though. We're all in the boat together. We're all getting, unless you don't use the internet, which some of you don't, but that's okay. Um, and so here we have the surface of our life. You can imagine all the little things that go on in your head all the time, those distractions. And then in the middle of our life, which is like the middle of the ocean, we have kind of the cares of this world. The middle. M-I-D-D-L-E. Right? The cares of this world. It's a little darker down there, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like the sun's out here, but right here in the middle, we have the cares of this world. The Bible talks about the cares of our, of our world all the time, the cares of life. Uh, in Matthew 6, 31, it's, it's this amazing kind of like section of scripture. If you've never read it before, um, it says this. This is Jesus talking, okay? Let's hear this. It says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Right here everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Jesus goes on to say, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Jesus says this, that these kind of thinking, this middle thinking, dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. It's a good question. Do those things dominate our thoughts? What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is like sage Jesus, right? Like these are the stuff that, this is the stuff that people like Jesus about. They're like, oh yeah, I like that Jesus guy. He says good stuff. But for real, like he's talking about, hey, these thoughts dominate the thoughts. These are the thoughts like um, your aging parents, your kids' grades, the things kind of like, they aren't distractions, but they're on your mind often. They're the cares of this world. This is where the majority of our prayers live. So if we have a problem in our life, we have it in the middle of our life, we're like, Jesus, meet us in this problem. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have enough money to buy another car, and the car needs repairs. That's right here, in the middle. And this is part of who we are. This is part of our, our mind, our, our heart, our being. We have a surface, we have a middle, and then we have a deep. The deep. The deep. There we go. It's, I don't know why they, those guys didn't get one. But down here at the deep sections of our life, it's murky. It's like dark. There's not a lot of light. And the reason there's not a lot of light is because it takes time for the light to go from the surface down to the deep sections of our life. And a lot of times for the deep parts of who you are, it's hard to remember or even understand what's going on deep down in there. What is actually happening on the inside of the deep parts of our life? This part of our life doesn't have like words associated with it. It's past words. So the closest words we have are things like love, 
and hope and despair and kind of this underlying feeling of like something's happening, right? Like we have like these like thoughts that kind of make it up to the middle, but they stay down there. And this deep, this innermost being is what Paul is talking about. Turns out that if we are to find Jesus in our life, Jesus lives down here in the deep, way down here. The problem is we live up here, right? So you can imagine how will we ever be renewed with our strength? How will we ever need to be trusting in Jesus? How will we ever need to like actually have a relationship with Jesus? Well, we're really good at navigating these waters, but quite bad at going down here, right? That's why this stuff is so important. And learning how to be renewed, having inner strength, has everything to do with getting deep with the Lord, getting deep with the Lord. I think this is one of the most important things that we can talk about because if you and I are actually wanna refill our souls, we have to somehow refill this area of, the life, of our life. You know, I love worship music because worship music, like we could sing, wait on you, Lord, or, or whatever, in these moments, there's lots of words happening, right? But really what we're doing when we're listening to worship music is we're getting our eyes off of ourselves and onto God and we're starting to start to kind of talk to him down here. Because if the Lord lives in your heart, in the innermost part of who you are, we need to get down there and access it. So what does the scripture say? It says this, then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So let's pretend you are a plant. This is a nice little seed, a walnut seed. There's so many walnut seeds at my house, okay? The squirrels love to plant them. But maybe it's an oak of righteousness. I don't know. That's more biblical. Anyway, there's a plant. The plant has to grow roots. And you guys have, and I have to grow roots too. The problem, of course, is like how deep do those roots actually grow? If they're always living in the surface, our plant is actually not going to grow very deep, right? If it goes to the middle, maybe sometimes we have like a lead root, and sometimes every now and then we read our Bibles, right? Like we're starting to cast our cares onto the Lord, right? The Bible talks about that. That's like a root that goes down deep. But man, you and I have to learn to develop our roots in our life, our systems and structures and rhythms and all the things that we do to develop a system so that we can actually build roots that go all the way down to the deep areas of who we are, right? Then we can be with the Lord. Jesus explains it in John chapter 15. If you've never read John chapter 14 and 15, that's your homework this week. John chapter 15, it says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. It's the idea that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and we connect with him and he gives us nutrients and soil and, and all this goodness comes from Jesus. This is the same principle written about over and over in the Bible. This idea that our roots have to somehow get here. How will we ever do it? And I think that that's kind of the challenge for us today, right? If I were to ask you how deep your roots are, how deep are they, right? Are they, do they kind of hang out here at the surface or here in the middle? Or do they go down deep 
with the Lord. This is a wonderful concept, but uh, it seems kind of impossible, right? I never really go down deep. Like, it takes me, like, 25 minutes to clear my head of anything, right? But have you ever, have you ever done that exercise where you sit down and you don't have any music or anything, and then you have, you write down all your distractions and cares. Have you ever done this? You have like a journal and you just write down all your things you have to do and everything that's on your mind, you just write it all down and you like word vomit on the page so that all your insides, all the middle goes away. And it turns out, this is great actually, it's a great discipline. You write it all down and you suddenly, your, your brain feels a lot lighter. You have a lot less things that you have. A, all your thoughts are on the paper. So it opens you up to kind of get deeper with the Lord. Man, I wonder how often we actually do this. Because if we are to actually build this kind of world in our lives, how can we actually go deep? So let's go back to the scripture and let's read what it has to say. We have the surface, we have the middle, we have the deep. And again, this is John Eldridge's point of how he does everything uh, and how he thinks through it. Because down here, it, the water is still, Right? Down here, here it may be chaos, there may be storms, but down here, the water is still. And if you want to get down here, you have to learn how to be still too. As a kid who took like ADD meds my whole life, right, like learning how to be still is a hard thing. But for every single one of us in our personality, learning how to be still is how we get down here in the deep parts. So let's go back to the verse. It says this, uh, then Christ will make us home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong, and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God people, God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. So according to this scripture, what are we actually, like, what nutrients are we absorbing are they the truths and principles of the Bible? Are they the commandments and the, I don't know, like Christian worship music? Like what is it that we're actually absorbing? We are absorbing the reality of God's love. That is the, the thing that we're growing in. That's what's going to make us strong, the understanding of God's love, how wide, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. I love this because Paul writes, may you experience the love of Christ, but you can't really understand it. Have you ever had something in your life that you've experienced, but you can't really understand it? You've experienced it, but you can't write it down really clearly that you hand the paper to someone else and they're like, oh, I now experience it. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. God is a person. And Paul's outlining that, this interesting thing. One, know how high, long, and deep God's love is, but two, you'll never really know, right? Here, know it, but you'll never know it, okay? Like, and we have to learn how, what that, all that means. There's a bunch of, like, gray in that. How do we figure that out? Man, it is my prayer and my goal in my life, like, I want to experience God's love. I want to experience God's love like, in a real way, not just, like, know more about God, right? That's what it's saying here. It's an experience. You, you have experiences all the time, whether, you know, usually something unexpected happens, or uh, this week we decided to start geocaching as a family because we're going on an adventure, 
and we start geocaching. If you don't know what that is, it's like, you're, it's like a treasure hunt. And we decide that we're going to go do this. And uh, during the... We okay, so we all get on our bikes and we go to a location to find a hidden treasure. That's what's going on. But in the process, Alyssa was wading in deep water. She got soaking wet. My kid jumped in the water. It was like it was unexpected. Eventually, on the way back, my daughter like scrapes her knee for like ten feet on the road. We had to take her to the hospital. So she, you can see her; she'll have a bandage on. Uh, she's a trooper for dealing with all that. And I afterwards, I talked to my son, and he's like, "Well, it, <laughs> I'm like, this is geocaching, son." And he's like. Wow. I'm like, yeah, well, it's not an adventure if you know what's going to happen. He goes, this was pretty adventurous. And I was like, <laughs> it was, Kai. It was. You know, I think sometimes that kind of experience is the things that we draw upon. For 30, for like years, for years, Christianity was all about, let me tell you how Jesus is true. I'm going to prove to you Jesus. Here it is. Jesus is true. But for the past 30 years or so, the culture has shifted in churches that people no longer build their, their relationship with God based off of being proven that it is true. People build their relationship with God based off of an experience. And from that experience, they'd fill in the gaps. What's true? How is the Bible real? Is Jesus God? All of these gaps. And so if you were to think deep down, have you had an experience with God? An experience you kind of go back to sometimes. An experience that you say, no, is God real? Maybe you have had that. Maybe you haven't. But like learning that God is love and learning what that means, man, that's an important step in our walk with Christ. Not only is it important, but it gives us strength. So what are the depths really like? What is it really like down here? And we're going to end here. So Alyssa, you can come up. Um, because I want you to know what Jesus is like. Jesus is uh, our king, someone we serve. But he tells us that I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. So he's also our friend, right? And he's also, like, it's a higher level to be a friend with the Lord. And a lot of times, because he's our heavenly father, we get pretty, like, weird about that. Because our relationship with God now becomes about the way our father's relationship was with us. And it really messes us up in a lot of ways. So, let, you know, the other, the other day, I was, um, we don't have air conditioning, so it's hot sometimes. So uh, we have this beautiful, like, porch that has screens on it. And in the mornings, we go to the porch, and, you know, it's cool in the mornings. And so Alyssa and I wake up first. We go down there. We have coffee, Jesus time, talking, whatever. It's still, it's finally cold. It's it's quiet. And one by one, the kids come down the steps, and they come into the room. And some kids, they have just been a terror the last few days. You know, they're breaking stuff. They're breaking my things, right? They left their stuff in my places. Are you kidding me? Like, I could be, like, upset with them in those moments. But I love my youngest daughter, Eden, who's six, who comes down with her, like, whatever she can grab out of her bed, and, like, comes and sits on the couch next to me and lays down and we were kind of holding hands, just sitting there, and says nothing. Nothing. She's just cute and cuddly. And I don't say anything. Well, I say well, good morning, but we're just there. And I wonder, like, I think back to these kind of moments, and I just treasure them 
Because in these moments, do you know what I'm doing with my daughter? I'm connecting with her. There's no words. There's no, hey, uh, are you sorry for what you did to my stuff? There's no, like, apologize to your sister. Like, I, there's none of that. It's just sitting on the couch, being with her. And I think a lot of times with our relationship with Jesus, we get to the point where we don't want to kind of be with him anymore. He's become all the things, the angriness, the, all the, all the like, he, you know, I messed up too much to be with him. He wouldn't like the way I look. He wouldn't like the way I act. He wouldn't like that anymore. God is perfect. I am not. I can't actually be with him. No, could you imagine Eden coming into the room and like, before you sit down, apologize to everyone you know and me, and then we can sit down nicely. Too. No, you come to the Lord the way you are, and he meets you, and he connects with you, and there are no words. Sometimes we're all caught up in the words. There are no words. It's just creation that we are, meeting our creator. It's the deep crying out to deep. It's the call of within us, our soul meeting something else. And I think that a lot of times we just kind of make it really complicated when all it needs to be is hanging out with the Lord. And so um, as we end today, I thought to myself, how can I convince you of God's love? Should I show you how wide it is? It's wider than the Grand Canyon. How long it is, right? Is it? I don't know, longer than I-94, I don't know, like how high it is, like is it higher than Mount Everest? Do I show you how big God's love is? Do I tell you a story to try to convince you that God can wreck your life too? Uh, you know, like do I, what do I do to convince you of God's love? And I even asked a couple of people this week, hey, I don't know how to do this, but like the Bible says we should experience God's love. How do I get people to experience God's love? And uh, after wrestling with the Lord about this, you know what we're gonna do together? We're just gonna ask Him to show us His love. We're gonna. Exp I wanna. I wanna experience God's love, though it is too great to understand fully. How wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is. And then what is the verse? Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. How many of you guys want fullness of life? fullness of life and power that comes from God. Would you stand with me today? I explained something to you, which is wonderful. But what we're going to do is we're going to go down here just together. And so during this time, I want you to stay away from this area, your phones and the distractions, and try to just melt them away as we focus on the Lord. And if you would like to experience God's love in your life, I'd like to invite you to come to the front area to pray. You can come now. You can come now. And we're going to pray together and we're going to trust that God, we can experience God's love in this room. And then we're going to just worship. Alyssa's going to sing a song. The words don't matter. It's just your soul to the Lord. Deep cries out to deep. And in these moments, we're just going to trust that he would renew our strength as we wait on him. And after a few moments, I'll come back and pray, and then we'll all be dismissed.
Hey, thanks for joining us online. Hey, our online family is important, and we pray for you. So tell us how we can pray for you. And uh, drop us an email or text us, and we'll be able to get to know you a little more. Uh, Either way, though, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.